Yevamot of Kofiotet. We're about to start Haisha Batra, the last parak, the 16th parak in Yevamot. Um, the reason it's called Haisha Batra, there's three uh, Ishas in uh, in in Yevamot. Is the Isha Rabat, the first Isha, I think that's Daf uh, Pei something over there, Pei Zayin, Pei somewhere in that area. Then there's the Isha Shalom that we just did, and now there's Isha Batra. This parak is more about when we are not 100% sure with what the Idim are saying. And then what do we have to do in order to allow this Aguna to get married? So the Mishnah starts, A lady who, uh, her husband and the co-wife went uh, on vacation, and he has a brother. And they came back and they told her, your husband died. She cannot get married to anyone. And she can't get Yibum uh, either. Until she knows for sure that the Tzara doesn't have any children. Because maybe she was pregnant. If she had a mother-in-law across uh, the ocean, and she knows her mother-in-law doesn't have any other boys and except her husband, and we're not worried that all of a sudden her mother-in-law had a baby boy, and now she needs a yibum. If her mother-in-law left and she was pregnant, she was full, uh, then we're worried that she might have had a boy, and then she, she needs to get a yibum or halitza. She's not worried. That doesn't make her asur. Sort of, Rabbi Yeshua believes there's like sort of a svek svek. Number one, it could have been a girl. And even if it was a boy, it could be she She had a miscarriage. So we're never sure. So the Gemara now starts. They told this lady that your husband died. She shouldn't get married. She can't get a yibum until she knows that her co-wife was not pregnant. She, uh, again, sheme and the, the, the words of the Mishnah was sheme me'umeret he tsarata. So the Gemara asks right away, my he tsarata. What's that extra he? She just says sheme me'umeret tsarata. So the Gemara explains like a mashmalani. Come, it's coming to teach us leha tsara hu dehashinan alva. The tsara harita lo hashinan. We're only worried about the tsara that went with him across uh, seas. And we're not worried about any other co-wife that maybe she's pregnant for him. The Mishnah says that if they came, that her, that her husband and, her, and the Tzara went uh, across seas and they came and told her that he died, she doesn't get married to any any, any person from the Shuk and she can't get a Yibum either. I understand why he shouldn't give her a Yibum, the brother know why the deal, because maybe the Tzara was pregnant and now, and that would make this Yebama, uh, you know, totally patur from Yibum. And when you're with her, you're, it's, it's a problem with Eshetah, Deoraita. Ela Lotina says she can't get married to the Shuk. Am I? Why not? Halacha Harov Nashim Verov Nashim Mitabrot Vyodot. Most women, they get pregnant and they have children. And you have to say this Tsara who went with him across seas. She became pregnant. She had children, and this uh, Yebama over here should be free to go. Meaning, in a lot of words, why don't you just go by the majority? And majority says she's patur. The answer is Maybe it goes according to Maybe this Mishnah goes according to who is always worried about the minority opinion. Rashi says he learns it from the Yain of Kutim and and Rishonim and Harunim discuss where exactly is the Mikor of where Bimeir says that we go by the minority opinion. We're always worried about it. 
You could even say it's Rabbanan who always go by the majority. When rabbis go by the majority, that's a majority that's in front of us. If you have a case of nine uh, stores that are in the area that are selling kosher meat, and one of them is selling not kosher meat, and you find a piece of meat, you go by the majority. And by Sanhedrin, we go by the majority. But if it's a rov that's not in front of us that we can't even see, I mean, it's not, it's not there. Maybe maybe they will go by the minority opinion, and this lady is not pregnant; she didn't have a child. But now the Gemara says it's asking, how can you even contemplate putting this Gemara according to Hachamim? You have the case of a katan and ktana. They're a rov that's never in front of us. Hachamim all went to after the majority, the tanya, katan uktana, lochotzin veloomeyabmin devrebimeir. The katan ktana do not get a halitza, do not do a yibum, according to rebimeir. Great, you said they don't get a halitza. Why? It says ish. And we equate the isha and the ish. They both have to be gedolim. They can't be ketanim. Why don't they get a yibum? Maybe he's infertile, he can't have children. Maybe he's an island, she can't have kids. And what happens? They end up being pogea, they end up being with an irva. That could be your brother's wife. It's a problem. The rabbis hold that a katan could be meabim, and we're not worried about him becoming, maybe he's infertile. Why? Zil Go by most ktanim. Virov ktanim lav Most children who come into, into, into an elementary school building, at some point they'll be able to have children. Zil batarov ketanot. Go by most of the ktanot. Virov ketanot lav Most of the girls coming into the elementary school, they're going to end up growing up and having kids. And we should go by the majority. You have to say that the Mishnah was said according to Rabbi Meir. And according to Rabbi Meir, we're always worried about this minority. And this this girl might be part of the minority that can't have children. That's why she's asur to get married to anyone she wants. And by the way, Tosafot holds that we, that we the Halakha is, even though the Mishnah is like Rabbi Meir, Halakha is not like Rabbi Meir. Bemayo kimta, Meir. How do you end up? So the Gemara asks, how do you end up going according to Rabbi Meir? Emma Sefa. You should look at the Sefa of the Mishnah. She has a mother-in-law, and we don't know that uh, if she got pregnant or not. She's not worried. Her mother-in-law all of a sudden had a child. Now, Amai, why why don't we worry? Go by most the women, and most women have children, get pregnant, and have children. Mi'ut mapilot, and you have a minority that ha, that have miscarriages. The chola yoldot, mechazze charim, mechazze nekevot, and most of the the, the ladies, they're gonna, they're, it's either gonna be a boy or a girl. Now, semoch mi'utad de mapilot, you could connect the the minority of uh, women who have miscarriages, the mechazze nekevot, the half 
that is nekevot. Vehavu lezecharim yotabanel, and now the zecharim are the minority. But still, the lechush Rabbi Meir should worry about that minority. There's a minority chance that he had a boy, and she can get pregnant. She can have kids, and uh, there's a min- even though it's a minority, Rabbi Meir is the one who holds by the minority ke- uh, opinion. So the Gemara answers Dilma. Maybe the sefa kevandit hazak it hazekad lashuk. Once her mother-in-law left this country with no children, she this uh, Yebama is muhazeket as mutar to get married to anyone she wants, and therefore lochayish, and therefore Rabbi Meir even is not going to be, he's not going to worry that maybe she did have a child. The Gemara asks, Resha did hazak leibum titiabim, but in the Resha, why are you making her get a halitza? She is muhazeket to get a yibum based on this hazakal that I get a yibum. And there's a machloket rishonim over here. What exactly the Gemara is asking? But in very simple terms, the Resha there's a yibum case. Let her get the yibum case according to you, Rabbi Meir, because you hold this by the minority. So the Gemara answers: Amar of Nachman, Amar Resha de Isur Karet. Over there, being with the brother, it could be Isur Karet Hasheshu. We're worried that uh, the, maybe the Sarah had a child, and therefore don't do a yibum. Do at least a halitza. Sefa de Isur loves by the Sefa. What's the worst that could happen? She's a lady who's Hayav Yibum who married someone to the Shuk. It's only a Sur love, and therefore we're Loha Sheshu. We're not worried that maybe her mother in law became pregnant, and we go by the Hazakad that uh, right now she is Mutara to the Shuk. Amaravat, so Ravat doesn't like that to answer. Mikdi, Hadeoraita, Vehadeoraita. They're both a Sur Deoraita, whether it's Yabamad, Lashuk. Or an eshet ah, they both isur deoraita. Mali isur karet, mali isur lav. What are you coming and splitting atoms? They're both isur la. They're both asur from the Torah, and both and that should be enough for you. Or put better by Rashi, they're both sefeka deoraita, and we all know sefek leoraita lechumra. It doesn't make a difference what level it is. Ela amarava, rather rava said. Our Mishnah, according to Rashi, could be according to Rabbi Meir, or according to other Rishonim, Ritvad, Rashbar, Haigaon, Ban. It could be according even according to Rabbanan. Bottom line is the Resha, is she has a Hazaka for Yibum. She was always, in case of a, of a death, she was always Mutar to, his, to her husband's brother. But she also has a ruba lashuk. She's there's other. She has a rov, letting her get married to anyone. Why? What's the rov? Most ladies have children, and her tzara probably had a child with her husband. So you have a hazaka being matir to the yabam, a rov that she probably had a kid, and she's mutar to the shuk. The hazaka lo adif kiruba, and the hazaka does not override a rov. Now come bring this, uh, that minority of ladies who have miscarriages connected to the hazaka that makes her mutar to yibum. Now it becomes a 50-50. On the, on the yibum side, she has a che- she, you could say that uh, she's mutar to yibum, she has a hazaka, she was always mutar to yibum, versus the fact that most ladies get pregnant. On the other hand, most ladies get pregnant. You have a minority that have miscarriages, so take that and put it on the yibum side. So she, it's, we'll call it fifty-fifty that she should be able to get a yibum. Therefore, Lotina says she can't get married to anybody else. 
and she can't get a yibum from uh, this uh, brother. Sefa, but what happened in the Sefa where her mother-in-law doesn't have any children except the husband and he died? Hazaka Lashuk. She has a Hazaka to the Shuk, Veruba Lashuk. And the Rov, that her mother-in-law very possibly had a, a girl or she had a miscarriage. Add that to her uh, Hazaka. So you have the, the Zecharim now become a minority of a minority. And if it's a minority of a minority, you have a double minority, even there a Bimeir will not be Hoshesh. Now if you look at the, the Rishonim and the Harnim, they're going to go back and forth on exactly how they would put all of this together and how we put the Sefeikot together to allow her, even according to a certain opinion, this is where it starts from. Very Kedai to look through Siman Yudzayin and the Shulchan Aruch and Evan Aizer, and just to see the back and forth of how Hachamim uh, were Metzaref, different Sirufim, in order to allow Aguna. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, Loti Nasev Loti Tiabem. She can't get married, and then she can't get a Yibum. And it sounds like uh, forever she can't get married. Worst case scenario, let her do a halitza and let her get, and let her get married to someone from the shuk. Amar Zairi explained when the Mishnah said she can't get married, it doesn't mean forever. Rather, she has to wait by herself uh, three months. From the day they told her your husband died, three months. We're going to find out if you're pregnant or not. And then you can get married. And the fact that the tzara might be pregnant, she has to wait nine months to make sure that uh, she doesn't have a child. And then she does a halitza one way or another, whether she had a kid and then the halitza means nothing but she's mutar, or if, if, if she didn't have a kid, then the halitza is put there anyways. Rabbi Hanina Amar, he explains differently. She has to make sure she herself is not uh, pregnant, and the only way she could do that is by waiting three months. We're always worried that her tzara might have had a child, and therefore she can never uh, really get married uh, to anybody. Tigma asks, what are you talking about? She, she, she should just do a halitza one way or another if the husband is dead, whether it works or doesn't work, and she'd be patur. The Gemara explains, Abaye Baravin, Virabi Hanina Baravin, Amrit they both explained, yes, the Halitza could work one way or another. However, Hachamim were also to do such a thing. Why? Maybe her co wife had a son and he's alive. He had a child and that child is alive. And now this lady never got a Halitza because it didn't count. Now you have to go around telling people, yeah, she's really not a halutza, we just wasted our time in the betin. So the Gemara says, why don't you just be simple, why don't you just make an announcement in all over town that the halutza was worthless. Uh, the other lady had a child, and she's mutar to marry a kohen, like any other almana. The Gemara says, We're always worried that someone might have been there for the Halitza, not there for the announcement. And they all of a sudden you're going to have the people start talking. I learned here about Mot, and they're doing wrongs. But he knows what they're talking about. They're letting a Halitza marry a Kohen. Now the Gemara asks, Tanan, 
We said a lady who went to Medinatayam with her husband, she went on vacation, and she said, Nitan li ben I had a son while I was away, v'amra met beni, and she said, my son died, and I was left to have children, v'hakach ba'ali, then my husband died, ne'emenet, we believe her, and we allow her to do a yibum. Because she walked out beheter yibum, she's now coming back, and no matter what the story is, she's setting her place back where she started from and therefore we're believing her however if she said if she said my husband died first then my son died and I, and, and therefore i don't need a yibum and if we don't believe her we're still worried on the other hand we we do believe her a little bit therefore we're not going to let her do the yibum but we do let her uh, I get a halitza before going out to the shuk. Now the Gemara asks, how would you allow her to get to, to, to marry in the shuk with the, with the halitza? You'll have Aidim come and say that her husband died first, the way she said it, and she never needed a yibum, and the halitza that she did was nothing, and she's now muteret lekuna. Now you have to go. Uh, you have to go to announce everyone that uh, she's Karoz de Kunai, that she's allowed to marry a Kohen. And again, you'll worry about the same thing. Even though here we're being Mahmir, and still that's how the, the leniency comes out. But maybe someone won't be there and won't understand the full case, and all of a sudden you have people talking. Now that part of the Mishnah was talking about a lady who was already divorced once and she was never she would never be mutata kohen. He explains differently that our Mishnah is dealing with a case where me and my husband were in a cave together and nobody knew anything and therefore we are giving her heter. As long as she does a halitza, and we're not worried about Aidim coming and and explain and 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 driving us crazy, and then we're going to need a keruz lakuna because in the cave there's nobody there. Mishnah sheteye bamot. You have uh, two sister-in-laws married to two brothers. Each one said that her husband died. And they're both saying that they're not allowed to marry anyone in the shuk. Each one is asur from the other one's husband. Because remember, Ayyabama can't testify for her sister-in-law. And even if there's no if there's no brother-in-law alive, because we believe her when she says my husband died, even and we and we're regarding him as dead, still this no none of them are mutar to, to marry anyone in the shuk. One of them has Aidim that her husband died, the other one does not have Aidim. The one who has Aidim that her husband died is Asur to marry anyone from the Shuk because maybe the other one's husband uh, is still alive, maybe the other brother is still alive. But the lady who doesn't have Aidim is Muter to Shuk because she's believed when she said my husband died and she has two Aidim that her brother in law died. Now, one of them has children, one of them does not have children. The one who has children is mutar. Because we believe her when she says that her husband died and her children are potera from Yibum. Because maybe her Yabam is still alive. Let's say brother one and brother two are the question is if they're dead or alive. But they, they did Yibum with brothers number three and four. And now brothers three and four 
uh, are uh, passed away. Asuratlina said they're not allowed to marry anyone from the shuk. Because the testimony about their original husbands, number one and two, cannot be used uh, for their benefit, for one and two's benefit. Meaning, even after they are married to brothers three and four, they still go back to the problem of one and two. Rabbi Azar holds, once they were mutar to the Yabamim, they were mutar to anybody else. Now the Gemara all adds another Braita Tana Lazo Idim Ubanim Vilazo Lo Idim Vilobanim. One of them has Idim that her husband died, she has children, also that's Potter from Yibum. The other one does not have Idim that her husband died, and she doesn't have children. And there is no other Yabam, Shetehen Mutarot. The one who has children is mutar mitzad her children. The one and the other one is mutar because the first wife also had idim. Now we learned in the in the Mishnah nityabmu ubmetu hayabamin. They had ibum. Now brother with brothers uh, three and four, right? Brothers one and two. We are not. Each one is uh, testifying on her own husband, and we're not sure they, it can't be used for for them. And they get yibum from brothers three and four. Asurim lina say, and those two brothers pass away. She can't get married again because of that whole suffix. Rabbi Elazar Amar, Once we give them a heter for the for the yibum, we're giving them a heter to everyone. Ba'ir Rabbah, Rabbah has a question. What's Rabbi Elazar's reason that once she's mutar, she's mutar? Does he hold? That co-wives can testify one for the other, or Dilma, or maybe Rabbi Lazar holds that no, they, they, we, the co-wives cannot testify one another. Rather, the reason is or maybe she's not going to mess herself up, meaning she put her money where her mouth is, and she not only testified that her husband died, she also got married to someone else. And just by the fact that she married someone else, we should believe her in regards to her co-wife also. So the Gemara asks, What's the difference between these two reasons? What's the practical difference? At the end of the day, you're believing her. So the Gemara explains, Can her co-wife get married before she does? If you go by the first reason, then yeah. Uh, co-wives are mutar according to Rabbi Lazar uh, to testify for each other but if you go according to the second reason until the money is put where her mouth is until she gets married to the Yabam the other tzara cannot get married we'll stop right here Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen Ve'amen